Aloha, I'm Marcia Sortino. Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To all our regular listeners, thank you for coming back. To all our new listeners, congratulations. You just discovered one of the most powerful talk radio shows there is. As we get ready for this class, I suggest you find something to take notes with. Every show is packed with all sorts of inspiring, insightful ideas, ahas, and breakthroughs. While you find some paper and a pen, I wonder, how many people do you know are paid to learn, then paid to teach what they learn? I'll put that another way. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. By the time I complete my class as a student, the money I'm paid to teach Pay Me What I'm Worth will cover what I paid Seoul University, and then some. At the end of our class, I'll tell you how to become a paid student and teacher for this life-changing journey. It's time to meet my class. We decided to be collectively known as Team Seekers. Here they are. This is Cindy Ashline from Slingerlands, New York. Thank you for joining us on our radio show. I hope that you will be inspired by what you hear today. Hal Davis, Lewis the Maine. Howdy, y'all. This is terrific Tanya Heathcote from the beautiful state of Tennessee wishing you better brain health. Hey, everybody. Green Mays, and I am from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. This is Shirley May, Cincinnati, Ohio. This is David H. Paul from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Hello, Chris Peters, and I'm from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Rick and I live in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. This is Cheryl from Hawaii. Hello, everybody. This is Agnes Talley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're the home of the dogwood tree with its beautiful white flowers in the spring of the year. And finally, aloha. Soul here, author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and Marsha's co-pilot on this journey. I hope we've given you enough time to grab a pad of paper and a pen to take notes. Our class starts now. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's get started because we've got a full house tonight. How about just a quick check-in from everybody? Just acknowledge how the year has gone by and how you're doing and what's going on. And This class was very good. It did go by very fast, so I learned a lot about myself. But doing that timeline, I have so much history, and I've been thinking so much about it and really figuring out where I've been and where I am now and where I want to go. Goal setting now and to have a lot of determination. It was a great time to explore so many different things, skills, and what I still had to to get rid of, like uh, my physical junk and organizing and learned a lot. All right. Thank you. Mr. David H. Paul. Hey. So glad to be here tonight. What a year. I'll tell you, when I started Pay Me What I'm Worth, I had no idea just how wrapped up in in analysis paralysis I was. And I also Mm. had no idea what a control freak I was. (laughs) It's been really amazing to have the layers of that onion be ripped away one week after another, one layer after another, one chapter after another. It's been really an, an amazing experience. And I have to honestly say, today I've never felt more free. More me. This journey just got started. 
What? It's been a and year. Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Cheryl Burnett theme song is rolling in the background. <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been a great journey. Mahalo. This has been a fun year. I went from being a super super analytical dude to someone who really has fun with exploring and actually is excited to explore new things. And as a result of that, I have awesome music I create. I'm creating videos that I'm really happy with for myself and other people. I'm spending more quality time with family members, friends, and my girlfriend. And I'll be getting to do my own journey with Chris and Marsha here soon. So we're just starting. Yay! Woo-hoo. The three musketeers. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> this has just been so cool, and I've enjoyed every minute of hanging out with you guys and growing with you and becoming friends with all. It's It's been good. Thank you. Mahalo, Chris. What a year. I have learned so much about myself. I never even knew I could ever learn. You know, I go through my negatives and my positives, it's an uphill battle sometimes, but <laughs> I guess that is with everybody as they adjust. No different than the changing of the weather. It's transition time all the time. So I've learned to become more of a person that someone can get along with rather than someone they can't. But I've also learned that there is a limit to how far you're going to push me. And I didn't know that limit. I always just let everybody just take the limit and push it all the way. So this year has been very interesting for me on that aspect. I've learned to take control of my life and realize that I'm not paid what I'm worth and that I can be paid what I'm worth. Beautiful. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate it. And thanks to uh, this great team that I wish I could get a little bit closer to, but I'm not a person to get close to people. When I get people that are over the edge, egotistical, and most people aren't, on this team, but when I get to that level, I, like, push them away, and it's a lot of other things that I push away. I don't want to hear the negativity, so I say, I don't want to hear it, and I never I did that. I feel Chris's head bobbing up and down. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, too. I'll just uh, pass it right back off. Thank you. Mm, mahalo. All right. Brigitte, just a quick check-in. Okay. How are you? I'm doing good. I've had a good year. I've battled some health issues, but I'm doing good now. They, I'm going to take them at their word for it. <laughs> Try not to question it. I'm learning more to think about just today and not worry so much about the future or not worry about what's already gone that I can't do anything about. And I think it's been an interesting year. I just feel like I need to... Stick under Marsha a little bit longer and try to finish the things that I haven't done yet. Grow a little bit more. We are blessed to have you with us because anyone who has gone through as many decades of life lessons as you have, whether you believe it or not, you do teach us every time you're here and everything you post. So we're really lucky that you're with us. Well, I appreciate it. Miss Tonya, I know that you have been on a roller coaster of your own, so it's exciting that you're here this evening. Oh, yes, I have. Explaining the roller coaster is for another time. <laughs> what I wanted to share tonight was this time this year hasn't gone by as fast as it might have for others. 
I've overcome a lot thanks to the love and support of this group. Even though I haven't been consistent with you all every week, I have no guilt in that. What I have learned with being with this group, every time I am here, I have learned that this is a group of people. This, this is my family. This is a group of people that love me unconditionally, that accept me every time that I'm here. And through that, there is no guilt keeping me away, that shame and guilt that can sometimes keep you away from, from things that you want to do. <laughs> and I've also noticed as I was reflecting today that during this year, I have moved away from connecting with family members, and I've moved closer into connecting with the people of this group and connecting with other groups of, of mentors and good quality friends. So I appreciate all of you so much. Mm, well, mahalo, Tonya. You're doing what we all have in common is a family of creation. We have our biological family, which we may or may not associate with, and we have our family of creation, and you all are part of this family of Soul University, and you're part of my family now, so I hear what you're saying. I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Tonya. Yes. Cheryl, Rick, Rick, Cheryl, who gets the phone first? Uh-oh. <laughs> I was given the gift of perspective the last year, and I couldn't figure out why people thought the way that they did even though they would have a high education, that like their perspectives would be so different. My year, Cheryl goes, your year went by like a guy dragging you behind a horse. <laughs> yeah, he says, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say? <laughs> it was brutal, okay? If you take personal development seriously, I took it seriously. I wasn't kind to myself. I may not have been kind to anyone around me. It was like a battle for me to do it, and I am looking so forward to complete the book and the course so I can let it sort of settle in, integrate it. But to me, it has been physically, mentally, and spiritually like, it reminds me of my mom had this old ringer washer. She would go, don't put your hands up there. It reminded me of that because it crushed everything. Every perception almost that I had of myself, of reality, of everything, it just totally crushed it, the book. So, and that was difficult for me. I don't know about anyone, all the happy people. But, <laughs> and I'm not happy. If somebody takes something like this seriously, it will change your life. Okay? And I had no intention of it changing my life one way or the other. But I've gained perspective. That's what I've gained. So my drill sergeant was right. <laughs> what? I had a, a former Army drill instructor, 65 years old, retired. He said, I'd rather go through boot camp than go through this book ever again. <laughs> boot camp is nothing. <laughs> but you know why? Because they tell you what to do. Uh -huh. This allows you to go into yourself. You never tell us what to do. You just plant the seed and then have fun, kids. You know, mm -hmm. but the drill sergeant tells you, okay, dude, you're going to do this, 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 and this. So you really don't think in Army stuff. You're just brainwashed. This really opens up your mind to thinking, and that can be difficult if you're a hard nose like me. It's very difficult for me to, to chew it and swallow it every day and 
look my wife straight in the eye every day and have the book in front of me, and I challenge anyone to do that. Get someone that's alive and not on the phone and sitting right next to you every day and take this journey. (laughs) Whoa, that's intense. The year, part of it went really fast, and then part of it went slower. Depending on which lessons we were going through, even though they sped by, I still got a lot out of them. I found out that dropping the guilt, shame, doubt, and worry and everything really was the biggest thing with me. It helped me get balanced. I'm way happier because I don't dwell on those things anymore. They very rarely pop up, and if they do, I I recognize it and tell them to get out of there now, basically. (laughs) Another thing that I realized during this year was that how much people's perception molds their whole world. If you think automatically that everything is going to be negative, it's going to draw that to you. If you can think of the positive things, then those things will be more likely to head for you. So it really, really helped me realize how important it is to keep a positive attitude, to look at things more positively than just automatically putting the analyzer up and looking at the negative, which is the way I was raised. So that was pretty hard for me to beat after all these years. And I am totally, totally grateful to have found this course and everything because it really helped me grow. It pulled me out of my shell in a lot of different ways. Just finding myself and realizing more of my skills and stuff really, I think that was the biggest thing to help me. Beautiful. The most delightful Miss Marcia Certino. Certified instructor. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What can I say about this whole journey? I have had the pleasure of actually experiencing so many things that we discussed in the book. And it's been such a ride (laughs) as I got to know myself and as I stepped into that power within myself. I came to that point where I was so grateful for everything in this journey because it wasn't just a learning experience. It was an experience and a half. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say? I have experienced joy. I have experienced an opening up to myself, myself stepping into my own power. That was so wonderful to feel. Just really taking a look at my whole life and saying, wow, it really happened. My life took place exactly the way it was supposed to because it shaped me to be who I am today. And I am so grateful for this journey and the book and the people here for actually helping me to get out of myself get into power and I feel it and I'm so grateful so and everyone thank you Mm, yum (laughs) well we just did one of the core tasks of gratitude a trip down memory lane right pondering reflecting as I reflect as I ponder 
I can choose how I feel, right? We all can choose how we feel about what we're thinking about, right? Right. Gratitude is a choice. Do I choose to be grateful? What are the consequences of choosing not to be grateful? Hmm. That flips it on its head, doesn't it? It sure does. (laughs) (laughs) It, It really does make a difference. When I start my day off with gratitude because I have so much to be grateful for in my life, I actually get to see my blessings. And if I choose to not see my blessings, that puts me in a bad attitude. So I'm not going to go that direction. I have so much in my life to be grateful for. Despite anything that I went through, I have tons of things that I could list to be grateful for. So it's perspective. One of the things that I appreciate Rick sharing is the gift of perspective. The gift of perspective makes or breaks this journey. The gift of perspective is why it's important to do pay me what I'm worth in a team environment. Because how many times over the past year has someone said something in class or wrote something on the blogs or comments that totally shifted your perspective on the material you were trying to comprehend. Has that happened for you? Absolutely. For me, especially the Yeah, it has happened to me. Especially the forgiveness chapter where I went through thinking that I have to forgive somebody else because they hurt me in some shape, form, or manner. And when I really, really took a look at the different ways to look at forgiveness, I really started to see, oh my goodness, all that pain and all that sorrow inside of me has to come out. I have to be the one to forgive myself. I have to go through it. Not anybody else. It's my journey. It's my releasing. It's up to me to release all that. That really helped me. That perspective right there, and then it opened up a whole new way of looking at other things as well. So, Marcia, if you had just did this book by yourself, you would have missed all of that. Exactly. That's right. I wanted to talk about my recent experience with ethics and morales. I always looked at it as one entity, and I would say, oh, ethics and morals means... Just don't kill anybody. Just don't steal it. Good? Good. <laughs> and then I actually look at the chapter. I'm like, oh, this should be an easy one. We'll get through it pretty quick. And I looked through, and I said, oh, I have a lot of work here to do, and I see Team Seekers has a lot of stuff to go through. And in my more recent events of working with family members and employers and different people I've had to deal with on a daily basis, it just goes to show me I can't mix ethics and morals because if I do, I won't be very grateful because I'll be too angry at what somebody or what I had to do because I mixed the two and I said to myself, word equals deed, but I don't feel like it. Or worse, word equals deed, and I'm going to go through with something even though I don't want to. That really really took me for a roller coaster ride. 
<laughs> Surprise! <laughs> and there are some surprises in Chapter 10 waiting for you, by the way. <laughs> As we dive into Chapter 10, Gratitude Guidelines, before we dissect it, what are some observations about what you've read or what you've heard so far? Just a quick perusal through Chapter 10. You did touch on how gratitude can be manipulative. I've read, I can go to a blog, I can read about gratitude on, on a blog, I can think about gratitude. This is the first time I've ever really come across that point where gratitude can become manipulative. Isn't that Well, it's not gratitude if it's manipulation. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> For those who read that, how many of that went, hmm? Oh, it set me a, a little bit on my ear. It was really interesting to reflect back on how I thought that it was really, really important for me to teach others gratitude by telling what works for me over and over and over and over again. It was really interesting to see that, yeah, that was a form of manipulation. That was a form of me wanting to control other people. You're going to change, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to make you. <laughs> you mean, talk about a, a psychic slap in the chops. <laughs> you know? Think about this. One of the first exercises I asked you to do in one of our first classes is I asked you to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. How would you score yourself in your overall ability to give and receive. Do you remember that exercise? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Do you remember what your original scores were? <laughs> I think so. Uh, I seem to recall overall, as usual, which is the standard that I've seen throughout the past decade, more often than not, people rate themselves fairly high a nine, eight, nine, or ten on their ability to give. There's this thing about giving is better than receiving notion. And it's fairly common that people rate themselves low on the ability to receive. And I recall in our scoring sessions, you was pretty average. You all rated yourselves fairly high on the ability to give. But there was a bit of a struggle with your scores when it came to receiving. Is my memory fairly accurate, or am I jonesing on some other group? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so if I remember correctly, when I was in Christina's class, I remember my score for receiving, and it was a 10. Yeah, you screwed up the norm, Marcia. Thanks a lot. I have yours written down. My receiving was a three, and my giving was a nine, and Rick's receiving was a five, and the giving was a nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah, we were low on the receiving. For this chapter, I started different than the other chapters because I was forced to go into town and get new tires. So I sat in front of IHOP and read the chapter twice. And then I started to interview people that are coming in and out of IHOP, the questions for the chapter, if they knew the difference. But they thought it was interesting. And it, it, the ball walkers who kept going around and around and around. So I sat in that massage chair and started asking the mall walkers, too, and no one knew the difference. <laughs> the 
sort of interesting. I'm not really that proactive with the chapters, but if you go out in public and, like, uh, I had to wait for... He was for, forced to. <laughs> yeah, I was sort of forced to, but it was fun, actually. I had fun doing it this time. I liked it. People are looking at me. I'm reading a book. Hey, what the heck? Pay me one of you. It was good, and then I could actually ask people, and a, a real person, you look them straight in the eye and ask them about that. And they're like, oh, hmm, they started thinking, and... And they were well, that's why potlucks have really blown up. The last potluck I was typed in on, it was like 9 o'clock my time, and all of a sudden I get a call four hours later. They're just concluding potluck, and I'm like, you had a six-hour potluck? Jesus, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I'm asking you all to get more in touch with your giving and receiving and how to find the balance between the two. And this chapter, Gratitude Guidelines, is actually my most favorite chapter because when I sense something off, when somebody's offering me something, when my gut is like, hmm, yeah, you're saying ABC, but I'm reading one, two, three. I'm not likely to receive what you have to offer. True? Sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Absolutely true. That gave me a realization. Ah, wheels are turning, Kareem. I can't acknowledge gratitude if I can't find at least a few things to be grateful for my health, my career, my family, my friends, this course I'm taking. I can't really honor my worth. I can do the timeline. I can understand the difference between ethics and morals. I can learn millions of skills. I can even acknowledge all of the stuff I've learned in the past. I can learn how to make contracts. But if I can't be grateful for any of it at the end of the day, does it really matter? Bingo. Wow. And to be grateful to ourselves is the first thing to learn to be grateful to ourselves is the biggest thing that I'm learning. Bingo. Because it, yep. it's like I've always been grateful to other people. I've always tried to show people that I'm grateful. I don't necessarily know how to show people on the phone other than tell them that, I, that I'm grateful. But I'd rather allow them to feel it by looking at me and looking in my eyes and that I'm grateful for their energy. As we get in touch with how we're receptive to receiving, think about this. How receptive am I to receiving? How receptive are you to receiving? Receiving means opening up, right? Right. Yes. Receiving means the potential of vulnerability, risk, right? Right. Exactly. now if someone's offering me something that I sense they're genuinely trying to be helpful they genuinely have a desire to help me learn and grow and become healthier or become whatever it is that I'm seeking but yet there seems to be something off maybe there's an IOU that hasn't been voiced or maybe there's some sort of compensation plan that hasn't been discussed about yet, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I going to receive that person's gift of offering something? Not if I'm trying to protect myself, right? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed one of the key ways that I have allowed you to explore gratitude 
is you had to be vulnerable with yourself all throughout this journey. True or false? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I I think uh, not only just being vulnerable, soul, but being vulnerable free from doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. And worry. Uh Bingo. I mean, when releasing that, it's kind of like, oh, wait, this whole idea of being vulnerable, am I really vulnerable or have I just found my power? Wow, that's cool. When we were preparing for this class, I asked Marsha, much like the concept of stress, there are the paradigms where there's good stress and bad stress. For example, when my bladder lets me know that it's time for me to take a break, I would consider that to be, quote, good stress, because if I ignore it long enough, um, then it's going to be bad stress. (laughs) Laundry will have to be done, that sort of thing. So there's good stress and there's bad stress, per se. Manipulation. How has this course manipulated you? Mm, I believe it's manipulated me in a very good way. As much as I would like to just sit there and do nothing, I have to walk my talk. You're motivating yourself. Yes. You're manipulating yourself, Marsha, yes. mm-hmm. with the notion that this manipulation is designed for growth. Yes. And it's growth for more than just yourself. True? Exactly. Exactly. That is What happens if I manipulate growth that's just for me? What do you think is going to happen? You're going to end up pretty lonely. Yeah. Bingo. (laughs) Sure are. (laughs) Law of diminishing return. Yeah. Damn Uh thing. (laughs) (laughs) But think about this. I don't want to shade manipulation in Chapter 10. Mm Mm-hmm cast judgment that manipulation is always bad. Manipulation in my life, as long as it's explicit, as long as you and I both agree on what we're going to be doing and how we're going to be doing it, that's a form of manipulation, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you all agree Yeah, with I that? agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think people, or at least myself, when I was first taught the word manipulation, like, oh, that's always evil. That's always some guy with a thing trying to put me to sleep and hypnotize me so I do weird stuff. And then when I really looked at what manipulation can be, manipulation helped me when my friends would tell me, stop being lazy and go work out, to actually be in good health. Imagine that. (laughs) I know if anybody, including myself, is subject to good manipulation, a big change can happen when it couldn't have happened otherwise. So how is manipulation free from doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, or at least mindful that doubt, guilt, shame, and worry are out there and to be mindful of it versus manipulation packed, thriving, (laughs) oozing doubt, guilt, shame, and worry? What's the difference? If the party that I am speaking with, when we come to an agreement and it's a choice that the other person made with that agreement, I guess you would call it a good manipulation. Did you all own your process or did I mandate you owning your process? I owned my process. (laughs) I had to put on my own big boy pants. 
when you signed exercise two, does it give you a different level of gratitude today that you signed that contract? Yeah, because it was my way of making sure that I was going to do my best to get where I want to be. And I was the only one responsible. So it was actually quite freeing for me to sign that contract to myself. And the fact that I can hold myself accountable because I'm not afraid of responsibility anymore is, is pretty cool, too. Wow. Sweet. Would any of you still be here 11 months later if I engaged doubt, guilt, shame, and worry in our program? No. <laughs> no. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, okay. I like challenges, so I might stick around and see what you're playing around with. Glutton for punishment. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when you stop and look at other programs, ladies and gentlemen, one of the lenses that I put on when I'm taking in a program, when I'm reviewing it, when I'm considering being a participant of it, is the first thing I look at is how is doubt, guilt, shame, and worry part of the conscious or unconscious tool in that program? How is the pressure, the stress, the manipulation that society readily approves? I mean, come on, think about this. What would society be like without doubt, guilt, shame, and worry? <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a certain <laughs> I mean, does, would any advertising work? I mean... Uh, yeah. <laughs> nope. So one of the things that I've prepared you for Chapter 10 from the very beginning is creating a space where you can be compassionate with yourself, right? Right. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Chapter 10's first exercise is going to seem like I'm arguing semantics. Let me reframe this. In order to plant a garden that hasn't been planted for years, what do you have to do to the ground first? Till it. Till it. Plow it. Plow it. Till it. Plow it. Yep. Get soil, fertilizer. Let it air. Let it get light. Yeah, yeah. And when you till up fresh soil that hasn't been tilled in a while, what happens? Stuff starts growing, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All this weird stuff starts growing. Well, why wasn't it growing before? Right? Right. So when I started breaking up doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, what started to grow? Confidence. Confidence. In- awareness. Yeah, awareness. Mm-hmm. What else? Compassion. Acceptance. Integrity. Exploration. Expl- yeah. Bingo. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Exploration. Okay. Did the analyzer begin to fade? And the explorer? Yes. You yeah. got permission to let your explorer out to play? Is that accurate? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. What did your explorer do with doubt, guilt, shame, and worry? (laughs) My explorer laughed at it. Just 
had a really, really good time playing with it when it came up. Oh, aren't you cute? Oh, Matt. Oh. <laughs> what else you got for me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it did anything. I think the Explorer mode just kind of took over and the Analyzer took a back seat. I don't think it's possible to actually explore and analyze to be on a journey and be, oh, this is so fun. Oh, wait, but how much but money why is, is it fun? Cut? Wait. We're going to analyze why it's fun. Woo! <laughs> oh, God. Hey, let me write down all the reasons. <laughs> so as you get into this chapter, I'm starting out with you looking at what looks like to be a silly exercise. What's the difference between gratitude and thankfulness? It sounds like I'm splitting hairs. There's a method to this madness. Marsha, the first time you went through Chapter 10 and you went through that first exercise, what's the difference between thankfulness and gratitude? Did you think, what a waste of time? I don't think I thought, what a waste of time, because honestly, that was the first time I ever really took a look at the differences. I know with my answer, I came out with gratitude is something that is inside of me. It's a feeling that continues on, and nobody can take that away, except for myself. Thankfulness, just it's more of an outward kind of thing where you just say thank you because it's a polite way to be. But if I'm not feeling that thanks, then it seems false. And that gratitude is a feeling that I have with me all the time because I'm so thankful for the so many things and the people and the experiences that I continue on having. Other observations about this first exercise, the difference between thankfulness and gratitude? It's really personal. It's the notion of it's a choice comes to mind. Thankful for me is more like uh, from the outside in, I receive something and I feel thankful. Thankfulness seems more situational. Gratitude feels more really, really deeply personal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're beginning to recognize how every step we've taken, have you noticed, I start you out with something fairly broad, fairly surfacy, And before you know it, you're like... <gasps> How did I get to be this deep? (laughs) Is that accurate? Yep. (laughs) Who else found themselves swimming in the deep end of the pool a lot faster than they thought they would ever swim? Well, you know I do. (laughs) Wow. Carl, did you find yourself a bit shocked at how quickly we went from surface level to as deep as you wanted to take it? Yes and no. I wanted you to go that fast, but I, after you got going that fast, I wanted you to slow down. Um, I wasn't comprehending it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I didn't really take the time that I should have as it was. Well, I actually did that purposefully. And the reason why I do it purposefully is because you all have a choice as to how deep and how long you want to stay in that depth. As we get into Chapter 10, I invite you to really take an observational mode with depth and be comfortable with acknowledging that, oh, this is too deep, and that's okay. 
it's not right or wrong, good or bad, that that depth may feel uncomfortable or not. Just be observant of it. Practice that art of observation is what this chapter is all about. From a shamanic standpoint, the skill of observation is one that fascinates me. To be able to just observe. Observe without judgment. Observe that literally every second there is meaning buried within meaning, buried within meaning. And it's up to my own skill level to allow what those meanings might be. Gratitude is something we talk about a lot in society. We should be grateful. That's Often gratitude is associated with something positive. True? True. I'm bringing out the dark side to gratitude, known as manipulation, because in our goal of balancing between giving and receiving and finding that balance, if there's an inability to receive on my end because I'm worried about protecting myself, because there's something you're saying or doing that even though you sound grateful or you act grateful, there's a disconnect. And we all know what our gut does when there's a disconnect, right? Right. Mm -hmm. We put the shields up, don't we? Yeah. Is anybody else familiar with that feeling? Certainly. I think everybody is. I discovered that the difference between thankfulness and gratefulness, more of a deep, deep feeling. Thankfulness was like the waitress at at IHOP. I thanked her and gave her a tip. I didn't have this deep, deep sense of gratefulness, like if she would have, like, pulled me out of 50-foot surf and I was drowning. I would have been thankful and grateful. I could really feel it inside of me. So it's a different feeling that I have. And it's not really what I say to someone. It's how I feel toward them. The words are really, really superficial to me. People really flap their lips a lot. They, a lot of times, are not conscious of what they're saying. So I really go for the feeling of how I feel, no matter what the hell they're saying. Bingo. Bingo. In prior classes, I've often said that thankfulness is the gateway drug to gratitude. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfulness is the oven cleaner that I can use to scrub away whatever is blocking my ability to be grateful. Because you're all talking about different levels of gratitude, right? Right. So this first step in exploring the difference between thankfulness and being grateful is becoming aware of just how complex What are the boundaries that's currently operating? What are the rules? What are the regulations to allowing myself to receive? And receive in a way that I feel good. I can choose to receive and feel rotten many times. (laughs) That reminds me of when I used to work at Help Desk when I was younger in college and it was my first real IT job, I would go to people and different teachers that needed help with stuff. And it was something as simple as fixing something in Word or Excel or helping them power cycle the Internet or do something real simple. But then they were always so thankful that I'd just done something small, something little. And even though I wasn't getting paid a ton, 
it really felt good to have somebody else say, thanks so much, I didn't know how to do that, and you helped me. It's not something really any money can buy, funny enough. A good compliment to me is worth that trillion-dollar check. Bingo. This puts a whole new spin on Chapter 2, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'd be grateful for them kills. How many of you have done something that you do without thinking about it? And because the person you're doing it for finds whatever it is that you've done challenging or beyond their pay grade or skill level, and they're profusely grateful. I've been in a similar situation, Kareem. I've done technical things for people and I think, oh, my God, you saved me this and that, and I'm so – they're like, yeah, whatever. I mean, to me, it was like no big deal, right? (laughs) (laughs) I hit a button. (laughs) But to them, it's like, oh, my God. All of you have stories, no doubt, that you've done something for somebody else that to you it was no big deal, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When they thanked you, did you receive it? I did. (laughs) I received it. It made me feel really good to be able to help somebody. And, yes, I did receive it. But if I brushed off your thankful of, I don't know what you're thanking me for, I didn't receive it. Hmm. <laughs> As we begin to dive into this chapter, being mindful of, we're polishing now. We're polishing the mirror. We're beginning to get into that. Anybody who's ever done woodworking, you, you start out with a rougher grit of sandpaper, and then you work to finer, finer grits of sandpaper until you put the finish on. Same thing with artistry. Artistry, you stuff out. You start out with a kind of a rough outline of what you want to do on something, whether that's music or drawing or sculpting. You start out rough, and then you begin to polish, whittle away, fine-tune, edit. Do you all sense you're polishing yourselves on this journey? Yes. I agree. Man, I'm shiny. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you saying? Put the chisel away and get out the cloth now to shine? <laughs> Well, it is a choice. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you can if you want to. I mean, <laughs> that's funny. Time to close this class. What did you get out of this show? We truly want to know. Simply post in the comment box at the bottom of this page. After hearing so many people experience so many ahas, I wonder. Are you ready to take this class yourself? We start new classes each time we have 12 or more people ready to go. You're listening to Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. Get in touch to learn how to become one of Pay Me What I'm Worth's paid instructors today. And remember, before you go, think about who else would enjoy our classes. Post this show on your social networking sites to help more people enjoy some weekly wit and wisdom. Aloha. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.